0: Good morning. Good morning. Wow, Alicia and I are so honored, and um, we are really excited for this transition. It's been um, a long transition, right? We've talked about it maybe since June of last year, off and on for sure. But now it's ramping up, and we're looking forward to April when we can spend more time here with you guys, getting to know all of you, uh, getting to know your families, getting to know the callings that are on your life. We are just super excited of what God has for your future, for the future of Grace Church and this region. Come on, somebody. It's not just about us, is it? Um, I'm getting off my notes already. Uh, but I feel like God uh, spoke to me very clearly this week. Holy Spirit said, we're sitting on a gold mine. And he was talking about you as a person, sitting on a gold mine where there's gifts and talents uh, that are yet to be discovered. And then I sense the word activation over you and the words promotion over you. Come on, somebody. And, and I just believe that it's a season of activation and promotion of some of the things you've been sitting on. ha. <laughs> And I just declare to you now, you can't sit on them too much longer. Holy Ghost is going to come at you, and he's going to say, time for you to be activated, time for you to be promoted, time for you to get busy in building the kingdom with all that you have. And it's not just about Grace Church. It's about your region. It's about the way that you... um, Well, now I'm preaching my message before the message, but it's about what you do on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as well. Come on. And so we're just so excited. I was thinking of a story... um, A memory came back to me that I hadn't thought about in so many years, but I love the way that this transition is happening and all our time with Jimmy Nyman and then stepping into, and Lifeway Church, but then stepping into Grace Church and then Ray staying around for a while um, before he fully retires, right? We need him around for just a little while yet, right? And I I thought of a, a memory when I was 18 years old. I was old enough, get this. To become a volunteer at the local ambulance association in a little town of Schaferstown, close to where I grew up. My mom was part of that. And get this my great uncle Amos, remember him, Brian? A great uncle Amos Zimmerman, I think his name was, was the president of the volunteer ambulance association. And, and so, you know, I was 18, like, this is this adventure. I just wanted adventure, man. Uh, it didn't last long because I didn't want to wake up at night to uh, go out to act. It was hard to. Hold down a day job, but I did this for like a year, right? And one day, my uncle, my great uncle Amos, says to me, "You're driving the ambulance." I'm 18 years old, and he says, "You're driving," right? And you know that was his way of training me is to say, "I'm in the passenger seat; you're in the driver's seat." And the guy in the back of me uh, was in a motorcycle. Uh, the guy in the back of the ambulance happened to be in a motorcycle accident. We pick him up. And all the way from that little town of Schaeferstown to Hershey Medical, which is about a 30 to 40 minute drive, he screamed at me as his driver because every little bump in the road, Amos was beside me saying, you got this, Vern, turn here, put your siren on here. It was, it was horrifying and really, really exciting at the same time. I felt like I was on top of the world, terrified, out on my skull, (laughs) but I was just thinking about how he just moved aside and said, you're in the driver's seat suddenly, right, but he didn't go anywhere. He was just a few feet from me, but wow, that feeling. Anyway, um, I just thought about that story because this transition is like, thank you, you, Ray, you're not going too far. (laughs) You'll be around for a little bit. Now it's not Uncle Amos, it's Uncle Ray, so, (laughs) hallelujah. Amen, somebody, you doing okay? Well, you're in a wonderful message series called called Supreme, um, not after the clothing line, right? Supreme. I haven't worn sweatpants and sweatshirts today, um, but anyway, the 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 supremacy of Christ is being discovered, um, and and as Ray has been exhorting you and talking to you about does Jesus Christ reign supreme in your daily life and then in your family and then over the church, right? And some wonderful messages from the book of Colossians. is really a study from the book of Colossians, one of my favorite books of the Bible as well. And now we're gonna continue that series to say this, uh, the supremacy of Christ in relation to the world that you and I live in, what does that look like? And it's one thing to develop that and maybe some sound doctrine is good, and some character development's all good, and then we learn to exude these characteristics with one another in a church setting where it's all safe, but come on, you and I know that it's different when you get out these doors. Am I alone? Now you're trying to exude those same characteristics and to declare the supremacy of Christ in my life to a fallen world and a world that may not want to hear the name of Jesus and may not want to be um, exuding the same characteristics that you believe in. And um, it's okay. I, I, am, I am grace-based. I promise you, I know what it's like to have a different personality at work than I do at home. That's, that's actually true of most of us right, but it should not be true that we still don't have the nature of Jesus Christ, that, and that's not what I'm saying, but sometimes I put on a, a higher D personality, especially when I was in the production world, I would have a different personality sometimes at work than I would at home, I'm at home playing with my girls, right, that's the different attitude than sometimes at work. But, but listen, when we go out these doors and we're facing the world that we live in, what should it look like? And Paul is exhorting us in these scriptures. He says this in a different place. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says, therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ. Somebody say ambassadors. Not a word we use a whole lot here in this culture necessarily. But God making his appeal through us, he writes in Corinthians, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And that was the ambassador's message, right? Well, all Christians are called to be ambassadors. Let's be reminded of that, right, and and an ambassador simply means it's like a personal envoy sent from the head of state, meaning you're part of this citizenship, right, and now you're sent to another region or another town or another country, however that works, and you're here to represent, right, the country that you came from. Raise your hand if you're a citizen of heaven. Just to be reminded of that periodically really excites me. I don't belong here. That's why I feel so out of place most of the time. I came from heaven. I'm going to return to heaven. Amen. That's a different message. We'll talk more about that some other day. But Christ sends us on a mission to represent him in both words and actions whenever, whenever we uh, wake up, basically. When you wake up and you're still breathing, good morning, ambassador. You've got work to do today, Right? Well, how might this look? Should we look at a few that, you know, I like to make it practical. How can we represent? And so what I thought with these, um, these uh, parts of Colossians is to sort of read through them, and I'm gonna extract at least three points today. There's a lot more, as you all know. You can spend a lot of time in these scriptures. I extracted three areas where, where I paused and they stood out to me as I read this. And um, when we go to work tomorrow, or maybe today, yet. Yeah. Um, we leave these doors. Let's extract some practical things that we can declare the supremacy of Christ in the world and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's start at Colossians 3, verse 22. Starts off by talking to bond servants. Um, he says, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, Work heartily. Somebody say, heartily. Heartily. As for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, and you are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, now treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pause there. Somebody say, I work heartily. I want to extract that. By the way, side note real quick, Paul is not condoning slavery. That's another message altogether. I believe that he in this, these, because you can see in other scriptures, that's not condoned in scripture, but he is speaking to a culture that does exist masters, slaves, bond servants, or you could say contracted employee. You know that, that might be a better way to explain that. But we have some of that going on today, do we not? But even if you are an employee that could quit your job, come on, you sometimes feel like a slave and a master. I you know I'm, I've been to a lot of these workplaces. i worked in the production world for many, many years. It can feel that way. And so he's saying masters are getting saved to come to the Lord. Slaves are getting saved and come to the Lord, servants and employees, right? And he's saying, how would you, How should you treat one another and declare the name Jesus in the workplace, where you are in the world? And then he says, work heartily. The word heartily, I don't know if I can say it in the Greek. It looks like exous or something like that. But this is what it means, out of the soul. I love this because the word heartily, and Webster's got it right too. It says, from the soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, right? And Webster's got it right too. It says, from the heart or with all of your heart. With sincerity, with zeal, actively, vigorously, willingly, and cordially. I'm going to repeat that. Out of the soul, out of your whole heart, this is how you're to work. Am I, am I stepping on your big toe? I apologize. From the heart, with all of your heart, with sincerity, with zeal, actively, vigorously, willingly, and cordially. Somebody say, whoa, now. I don't know if I should go to work tomorrow that's not always easy is it but you have a holy spirit living inside of you that wants to empower you and is empowering you this way come on somebody it's not of your own strength anyway I'll remind you that man one day I stopped at McDonald's in the morning on my way to work I was I don't know where I was going but I stopped at the McDonald's particularly the one on the west side of Lebanon and you know Normally, you would expect, and again, if I'm stepping on somebody, I apologize. Maybe you work at McDonald's or own a McDonald's. But normally, and this is historically, you know, do you want fries with that? You know, that's typically what you'll get, right? Oh, no, no, not, not this lady. This lady was like, good morning. Thanks for choosing McDonald's. What can I get for you today? The cheerfulness was like coming through the microphone. And I'm like, oh, I was taking a bet. I wasn't even awake yet, you know. Wow, Lady Jane, calm down there. It's too early for this. <laughs> like, what does this lady look like, you know? And of course, she looks like everybody's grandma. It's just what she looked like. And I pulled around to the window, paid, you know, paid for my breakfast sandwich and my iced coffee with caramel flavoring. Thank you very much. And, and when she said to me you're going something, something along the lines of it was more like a declaration, you're gonna have a wonderful day. It was actually more like, not just have a beautiful day. It was like, you're, you're gonna have a wonderful day. Thanks so much or something like that. I'm like, she's prophesying over me or something. It was a wonderful egg sandwich. It, that coffee never tasted so good. My McDonald's. I'll be back to my, you know, I don't know. I don't go to McDonald's that often, trust me. But, but look, wherever you go, you bring a flavor. Come on, somebody. You bring something. And even that lady, when I, when I think of somebody that works heartily as unto the Lord, I sometimes think of her. Right? So how do you work? How do you treat your bosses? How do you treat your coworkers? Bosses, how do you treat your employees? And all of your customers, right? All of your clients. And we either represent the kingdom of God or we don't. Right? How many of you are groaning right now? God, I need your help. (laughs) Me too. Well, I practice the supremacy of Christ in the world when I work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Somebody say amen. Amen. Colossians 4, two to four. Let's move on in Colossians. It says now, continue steadfastly in prayer. Somebody say steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving and at the same time, pray also for us Paul is saying, that that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I might make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Number two point that I want to draw out is I am steadfast in prayer. To represent the supremacy of Christ in relation to the world, we ought to and should be Praying vehemently, possibly, and steadfastly. That just means firmly and fixed, right? For the place and for the region and for the business. And if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, you got to pray to get through that as well. Come on, somebody. That's not easy, is it? And, and that's where you might find yourself. Some of you are homeschooling parents and things like that. Either way, you're going to make an impact in some way. And steadfast in prayer really, really matters, um, Elizabeth Elliot, she's a, a well-known author, speaker, and a missionary. She says it like this: Prayer lays hold of God's plan and becomes the link between His will and its accomplishment on the earth. Amazing things then happen, right? And we're given the privilege of being the channels of the Holy Spirit's prayer. And how many times have we stopped really and said, "God, what is Your heart? What is Your mind for this place?" for this family, for this region before we go in and just do work and before we go out and interact with the world or before you shop in a certain place, sometimes you pause and say, God, what is your heart? You know these people. You know what they need. And um, I remember one time I was going through the dollar store. Alicia was in charge of children's ministry years ago at, at Lifeway Church. And sometimes she would have me stop and get all this stuff. And I had a cart full of stuff for the children's ministry department and um, <clears throat> and I, 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 got to the, I got to the counter and um, the woman that was behind the counter, she was, uh, apparently she had, she had pulled her back out, unloading boxes from the truck or something like that. And she was just grimacing in pain. She'd move around and just like, almost like yelping with pain. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I am in so much pain. Someone's coming to relieve me in a couple of minutes. They're on their way, but I got to finish out in a couple of minutes here. <laughs> I felt really sorry for her. And of course, immediately, Holy Spirit was like, you could pray for her. You know, and of course I'm arguing in my head, you know, with, you do that? You have conversations in your head with Holy Spirit? You're like, no, yes, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to make it worse, uh, and, and I don't know why this, this is worse, it shouldn't have been worse, but I glanced at the customers behind me thinking, they're not going to like this either. I'm holding up the line. I already got a lot of stuff here. I get back to Lifeway Church, you know, Children's Ministry Department needs this stuff. You know, all these excuses, come on, start running through your head of why you shouldn't obey the Lord. Plus, the, 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 the person right behind me was a Muslim woman dressed in full garb, like, what do you call it, burqa? Just a little more intimidating, you know? I don't know if she, she'll always say the name of Jesus. Uh, maybe she was okay with it, I don't know. You know, it's just uh, like, a, like an intimidation. And I just leaned over, I said, oh, oh my goodness. I just leaned over and said, can I pray for you? She's like, sure. And it was very quick. I just leaned in and I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Like, that's how Jesus prayed, be healed. Is that right? And, and, I, and then I, I paused to, to turn and I glanced back as if, as if it wasn't quite done. And I said, how are you now? She said, I'm, I'm already better. Like, okay, I'm out. See you. <clears throat> but that was intimidating even for me. Why? Because it's a crowded store. You know, you're, you're um, yeah, you, you think, you know, we should all be these great evangelists. But listen, um, if you mess it up, God's going to give you another chance right, and so I'm not trying to create an atmosphere where it's like, oh my gosh, don't be disobedient to yeah. God, but listen, we are, we are ambassadors out there bringing the supremacy of Christ and displaying it in all these ways, <clears throat> but sometimes we fail to talk to God when we're out there. It's like separation of, of work and church, right? First John 5, 14 and 15, he says this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, He hears us, and if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him, right? And so you pause, you seek the Lord. What is your heart for this place and these people? Every place I've ever worked, long before I got into what we call church business or pastoring, right? Every place I've ever worked, God's heart was for those people, yeah, he likes machinery to run well. That's okay. But for the people that were there, and God always had people marked out for me to minister to, and some of them got saved. And um, Do you pray for your region, your neighbors, your business, your coworkers, and your bosses? Prayer changes things. Come on, it's a simple truth that we just need to be reminded of. Steadfast in prayer. Let's move on in Colossians. Now we're at chapter 4, 5, and 6. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Well, he's intent on making an impact on the world, isn't he? Come on. Making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt. Somebody say salt. Salt. Hmm, interesting. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And somebody say, I'm salty. That's what stood out to me this week. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, Like salty, if you think about it, in our culture... Um, It seems maybe especially the younger generation, if they say, I'm salty, right, Brie? That doesn't actually mean good. That actually means sarcastic, a little bit frustrated, and kind of sassy, right? That's what salty means, at least in in your world, right? (laughs) Well, then I was thinking, and, and then I did some research, what did they use salt for Back in Bible times or in Jesus' time when he would have said this. And let me just go through some of those real quick, because when he said it, it's not in the year, right? In 2023, right? It's back then. So when he said it, they would have known what he meant, right? Because they use salt for a variety of things. And I'm gonna go through these things just to get a message out there, because when you know what he means, then kind of to um I'm on again. Was I off? Something sounded different. So when we know what it means, what he would have meant, then we can still apply it to the world around us. There's another place in Matthew 5 where he said something very similar. He said, you're the salt of the earth. He's talking about his ambassadors. When you get up and you're ready to go out, when you leave these doors, he calls you salty. You're the salt of the earth. Well, number one, they used it for flavoring just like we do. It flavors the food. So we still use it. There's salt on almost every table, right? and Especially every restaurant table, right beside the pepper, salt and pepper, right? What's well, used for to enhance, it adds flavor to things that would otherwise taste bland, right? And so without the saltiness of the Christians in the world, right, wouldn't it be a bland place? What do you bring that would otherwise make the workplace or the environment that you spend your time in Bland. So for example, there was this lady that, that transferred a department and it was about a week went by. She just went to work in the, in the warehouse instead of in my department that I was overseeing. And a week went by and I'm like, what's missing? What is missing in this place? And I recognized that after a week, I missed her laughter. She was laughing all the time. She would make quips and smart comments, and then she would encourage somebody. And she was always giggly and always laughing. And she brought a flavor right to the workplace that was really boring without her. And I walk into the department, and no one's talking, and no one's laughing, <laughs> and no one's you know, no one's like uh, you know they, they would they would tease each other slightly, and it was just like these lady the, the rest of the ladies and men in that department just kind of working quietly. I'm like, wow, boring, bland get this lady back from the warehouse. She brought flavor to the atmosphere. But you bring a flavor to the atmosphere. Is it Jesus? Or is it something else, right? Well, well, salty means I bring flavor. And then they used it for preserving. It was time before refrigerators, right? And freezers, we don't use salt necessarily anymore, except maybe to make deer jerky or beef jerky, right? But they they did that for preserving. What does is, what is preserving mean? It's to keep things from decay, right? From turning rotten, right? And, and so what do we do in the culture? Well, instead of letting the culture sink into a world of despair, right? We bring encouragement. And suddenly we're preserving something without us, right? It would be given over to the enemy's ways, of envy, we bring a culture of honor, right? And instead of fear, we bring a culture of hope. And so we preserve a culture by bringing Jesus into the culture and speaking along those lines. Amen, somebody? You catching it? Without us, things would turn quickly rotten. Without Jesus, that is. Jesus coming through us. And they used it then for sacrificing. Oh, thank God, we don't have to do that anymore today. But they did, you know, they sacrificed in the temple times. But it says, actually, in Leviticus 2, God told them to add salt to all their sacrifices. No longer perform burnt offerings today, he said, um, you know, without putting salt in. But thank, thank God that the finished work of the cross has completed all the sacrifices. But listen, now we're called to be a living sacrifice. According to Romans 12, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, somebody say transformed, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, you live sacrificially as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. What do I mean by that? You're not of the world, you're in the world. But you don't do all the things that the world does, right? Oh, I remember going to a Christmas banquet. Well, there must have been over hundreds of people there, 200, years, uh, 200 people or something at this Christmas banquet. Wonderful, wonderful food. Open bar. I had a glass of red wine with the wonderful food. I'm good. I could still drive home. Amen, somebody. The girl beside me, I think she was on seven, and I lost track. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I don't think she's gonna where's her husband? I hope he didn't have seven as well. <clears throat> Mixed drinks and wines and all that. And I'm sitting there going, no, this is, this is not good. <laughs> you know, I actually, I actually don't know what happened to these people. But listen, just because you're in the world, you cannot act like the world if you want to represent Jesus Christ to this place. Come on, somebody. Do you know what actually made me stand out in one job that I got? I think this might've been one of the production jobs and it wasn't long. I was there a week and someone said, hmm, you must be a Christian. Like what? We didn't really talk about that yet. Well, you don't cuss. Really? That's that's all that it takes for you to stop using the F word in every sentence. (laughs) Most creatively, they fit it into almost every sentence. And if you don't, you're the weird one. No, I'm the Jesus one. You know, I live sacrificially because I'm representing a different kingdom and I don't need to participate in everything that you do. I'm supposed to be with you. I'm supposed to actually build this company with you. Understand that God's not gonna take us out of the world but where are you called to live sacrificially in the world but not of the world, amen? Amen. There's more to say along that line. There's another sermon there someday. Then it was used... In two more ways, I love this way it's used for fertilizing, and that makes sense, right? A little bit of salt makes things grow, right? Salt used in the right proportion, of course, at the right time causes growth and nurturing and abundance and even like fruitfulness. And our words and our deeds bring love, bring freedom, bring care into the world. You know, most times, you might get an occasional, but most times when you say, can I pray for you? Is there anything that I could ask Jesus to do for you? Even if they don't believe in him, they still want you to pray because you believe in him. I've never had anybody say no to me. Someone else told me, somebody said no. But typically, when I've asked that question, they always say yes, typically. Why? Because it brings care. They still feel cared for, even if they don't know him. And finally... I'll wrap up with this. This might be actually my favorite. They use salt, get this, for destroying things. Whoa. This is what they would do. They would actually take an abundance of salt, cartloads of salt, and, and spread it all over the enemy's wheat fields and completely destroy the crop, starving the enemy out. Rude, huh? <laughs> Nowadays we would spray some Roundup or something like that. <laughs> That's what they use salt for. Come on, when you when you by default, and I don't know if you should go to work thinking this necessarily, but by default, when you go and declare the name of Jesus in a place and say the supremacy of Christ rules and reigns in me and in this place, you are by default uh, taking the enemy down, right? Because when he do- when Jesus does rule and reign, he doesn't. Right, And its saltiness actually destroys the enemy's works. Just you speaking the truth and love destroys his lies in this place. And just by you encouraging someone along the lines of their gifts and talents and embracing them destroys what people may have taught them for years about themselves. Just you saying God loves you destroys their own self-hatred. Come on, somebody. You're actually, by default, a heaping saltiness on the enemy's camp so that the enemy can no longer be fruitful. I like that, because Jesus came, come on, to destroy the works of the enemy. Somebody say, I'm salty. salty. I am steadfast in prayer. And I work heartily as unto the Lord. Would you stand with me today? You're such a beautiful audience. And, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for teaching us today. Listen, the supremacy of Christ in relation to the world is presented in some of these practical ways and which as followers of Jesus and he calls you ambassadors as followers, right? You're called to do this and you're well equipped to do this because you have the person and the power of the Holy Spirit living within you and thus you're fully equipped. I just declare it over you today to make an impact in these ways and declare, uh, maybe, you're, maybe it's really all about declaring that the kingdom of God is actually here. It's actually in me, but then when you go, you're actually bringing it to bear. Every eye closed for just a moment. Um, This is just to give you some personal space. I just have a a simple question for you. Do you need prayer in this area today? Man, I recognize I'm called to be an ambassador. I know this is kingdom stuff, um, but I'm failing, and I need a fresh start. Would you kindly raise your hand? I just wanna pray for you. I'm not gonna call you out embarrass you. I just wanna pray for you and declare stuff over you. A lot of you. Here, there, right and left, good, 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 wonderful. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. Lord, I declare that they are ambassadors. I declare that you have fully equipped them with the Holy Spirit who rules and reigns in their hearts and their minds in this place. And as they go out these doors today, and as they embark on the journey of workplaces and homes, and even in schools, come on, some of you students are going back to school, some of you are teachers, but students, that they will be salty. (laughs) They will be salt and light on the earth. They will pray and see answers to their prayers, Lord. And I declare, God, that you have plans for them that they will step into. And as they work heartily and show, and show that, that, you, that you love this place and you love these people, Lord, you will display yourself kindly through them this week in Jesus' mighty name. So strengthen and encourage. Amen and amen. amen. One final thing. I always like to do this If you wanna keep your eyes closed for another moment, that would be great. It gives people just a little bit of personal space. If you're here saying, I like what you're saying, but I really ought to know Jesus, so I can become an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, but maybe you never took that first step of saying Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and I commit my life to him. If you're here today and you would like us just to pray for you to just embark on that journey, would you raise your hand wherever you are? We're not gonna call you to the front. We'll just simply pause and pray for you. I see you, brother. Thank you. Anybody else at all? We're just gonna pray for you along those lines. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Thank you. I see you. You can put your hands down. Well, listen, let's pray one more time. You can repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I repent of all my sins. And I receive your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into this vessel. Lead God and direct me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we celebrate and say yes to Jesus? Thankful. So thankful.